Grog. Hey everyone, it's the Sideship Podcast with me, Peter Fickling, Kerry Warbis, and Matthew Weir. The three of us are back. Um, Kerry is fighting fit, I think. Um, also, Matthew is on the same body of land as us um, in his uh, rural retreat in the west of England. How are you both? I wouldn't say I'm fighting fit. I'm way better than I was. But um, yeah, a bit, bit coffee and spacey still, so be warned. Got the energy to be a pedant, Kerry. Oh, yeah, I'll always have that, Peter. <laughs> <laughs> and we've got Matthew with us. Um, I did think this week, Matthew, that um, the one week you being our rural correspondent and being, you know, back home recharging your agricultural batteries, and there's been nothing on the pod that's you know that we can make use of. Um, it's all been supercars and bollocks like that. Yeah, well, there was the lambing, wasn't there? And uh, slurry storage. Yeah, yeah, Ruth talking shit. Um, I mean, there's. They made a cardinal error, didn't they? I think Barb pointed this out on Twitter, and I would agree. You just don't name animals that yeah. you're going to then later slaughter. I remember the Hugh Fernley River Cottage guy saying that you know that's one of the big mistakes is he, he let his kids once name piglets, and then they didn't want to mm. didn't want to carve them up later. But in terms of rural um, activity, well, I, I hopped on the Sidershed Instagram yesterday and documented my journey down to the river to do my second listen, uh, which yielded almost no notes because it's just been a colossal bag of shite this week. <laughs> yes, it has. Your dad is a lucky man. He lives in a very, very nice place. We get sent little treats, don't we, Carrie? Little sort of vignettes mm. and videos. It's nice to think of little Matthew roaming around there in his youth. Railing against the capitalist system in the outskirts of Cheltenham. I, I don't know exactly where it is. I was the youngest ever hunt saboteur. <laughs> threw, threw, threw myself in front of the uh, in front of the horses when I was six months old. <laughs> well done, Matthew. Fist in the air. Um, sorry, I interrupted you. You were um, you were about to launch uh, into an insightful piece of analysis. The agricultural side of things in the archers this week was all about money and how much money you have to invest in the the buildings and, you know, poor old Ruth. They only spent tens of thousands on their milking parlour 10 years ago. They've got slurry Mm. storage regulations to deal with where it has to be covered over nowadays. Um, So she was very, very trepidatious about Josh's rather brilliant idea, I think. Obviously, it's going to cost 40 grand, but... Um, I didn't like how she shut that down without talking to David about it first. That was one thing. And bit short-term thinking because it's going to pay for itself in seven or eight years. It was wrong on many levels. I mean, one, as a mum, sort of you're selling... I mean, obviously, like Pip and Pip and Josh have always been... It's like, yes, you can be involved in the farm as long as it's our way. Um, yes, of course, we want to take you to take the farm over, but you have no agency or opinions mm. until that moment. It just doesn't make any sense. And also, uh, they've criticised Josh endlessly for being kind of like a short-termist and uh, ambitious at the cost of kind of detail and doing things by the books. And here he is very much looking at the books and trying to uh, uh, think carefully about, and not just his business, which is another accusation they throw at him. He wasn't being selfish about it. I mean, obviously, he he needed the funding. But, like, you know, he had taken the time to consider their business as well. It wasn't just like, Mum, I need it, and you might as well cook, you know, work it out for yourself. Yeah, I thought props to him. He said, not just hollow tree, the whole place, not on the ground, on the roofs. There's loads of roof space that's going to waste. It Mm. it It was excellent. 
I don't know. I imagine Pip's got a very big forehead for some reason. Chuck it on there as well. <laughs> I, I mean, do you talk about the fact that they can only get involved in the farm if it's on David and Ruth's terms? But I think uh, Pip is a she's come out as a, pro- a byproduct of that as well. She's quite similar to them in mm. many ways, I think. Whereas Josh is rallying against it. He wants to do something different. So it's yeah, he's he's always the one with the bright ideas and the fact that. They didn't really spend that much time going away thinking about it, even when it came to uh, to Vince's offer. Mm. You know, they said, oh, we, we took our time getting back to you or something like that. And it's like, well, you didn't really, did you? It was like the next day, wasn't it? <laughs> something. Especially with the um, weight of social obligation. I mean, as Lizzie quite rightly pointed out, it's incredibly rude not to accept a very recent friend's offer of a massive loan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was it. That was a slightly interesting bit, wasn't it? Because Vince was saying, um, "I don't think they see me like other people," or something, didn't he? Oh, I sounded like Paul McCartney. Then. <laughs> it was a very good Paul McCartney. Kerry. You should keep that in the back. Whenever anyone wants a Beatles impersonation, just think, uh, just do your Vince, and you'll be you'll be cheered. If you play that bit backwards, it says "eat slurry." <laughs> um, Wosie Hamish on Twitter, she said, "I see Vince like Noddy Holder," which I thought was really good. Yeah, I've got him firmly down as the considerably richer than Yao bloke from Harry Enfield. Mm. I don't want to be I don't want to be that person, but I think didn't I absolutely nail it and it's therefore correct that it's um Lovejoy. Oh Ian McShane. Ian McShane. I see him more as um that guy of Minder. Oh, uh, uh Arthur Daly. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I envisage him, with a sort of camel coat on. I will happily compromise. I'll happily compromise and say 50% Lovejoy, 50% um, okay. the guy from London. It's a deal. Speaking of which, his money, you know, he's chucking 40 grand at David and Ruth on the premise that, you know, he wants to, he adores them, which is a bit <laughs> weird. And he can't, you know, he just has joy in the thought of him playing a part in the future of Brookfield. I reckon he's money laundering. There was a king in, uh, I think, from what, what would now be Uganda, who did a pilgrimage to uh, um, Mecca. And the, the, half the half the mosques in Africa, or the historic mosques in Africa, are, are ones that he built along the way. And apparently, the, you know, they were still they were still finding gold on the road for years as he wended his way, you know, through you know through the you know all the way north. And uh, uh, if Vince views mm. um, that uh, the affection you can get for Ruth and David as a reason to hand out money, that's how he'd have to behave. Um, just you know, throwing millions on the ground. I mean, they are so loathsome. The idea that he <laughs> that, that that speech was incredibly discordant at mm. the end. The best bit was where he kissed Elizabeth and then gave David a hug because <laughs> David was holding his hand out for a handshake, and I thought, yeah. That's hilarious. They're both such wooden people. Do you mean he, but he, kiss, he kissed Ruth, didn't he? He went in for the kill on Ruth. Didn't I say that? He said Elizabeth. She wasn't there, was she? Oh, sorry. No. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. I meant, yeah. Yeah, thank you, Matthew. I just had this vision that Elizabeth was sat there in total silence, just with her eyes <laughs> boring into David's soul. Oh, yeah, she could have been. Yeah, She got very protective about Vince, didn't she? I mean, are we willing to believe that his intentions aren't entirely pure? Oh, well, this is it with him, isn't it? I, I, you know, Peter absolutely loves him as a character. So do I. But I just think 
there's got to be something a mm. bit iffy. Unless they're trying to absolutely cement him in the heart of the village. But it seems a weird way to go about it because it's not mm. an entire, even if it is, um, so he, he, let's take it at face value. He pours his heart out. He adores the Archer's family, everything they've done for him. They took money from him to uh, to put on a wedding grudgingly, grudgingly and moan the whole time and were quite mean to him and rude to him, even though he was the customer. All the stuff <laughs> that builds this kind of warm relationship. Um, so, but it just, it, it was very over the top, wasn't it? But yeah. so, uh, and sorry, sorry, to, sorry to massively overthink it. Right, I think Vince is a great character. I think the guy who plays Vince does a great job of playing him. I enjoy the way he's he's acted. But did it seem, if it was supposed to be um, insincere and with extra motivations, that didn't come across? We, I didn't feel like we, as the audience, were given a nod that this there was this was anything but sincere and um, had his true feelings. You know what I'm trying to get at? Yeah, I do. I do. Yeah, there isn't any hint of that really, but it just uh, my gut feeling is that when anyone gives anyone forty grand, <laughs> it's You've got to question what their motives are yeah, a little None bit. of us have given each other 40 grand, have we? No, not really. No, unless you two have done it on the sly without telling me, which I will be. I did I did slip 20 grand into Kerry's pocket and give <laughs> when she was over here, just to help just to help her out with the family. <laughs> Thanks, Matthew. It just got lost amongst all the peanut shells and um pork pie wrappers <laughs> in the in her big in her big you know, pea coat. I think what's more likely is that there's going to be something contractual. Maybe not with these solar panels, but with Josh and Freddie, that he's going to be able to meddle a lot more than they would like, and therefore yeah. we're going to get we're going to get tensions, and then you're going to find out that David's accidentally signed the entire farm and Josh over to Vince, and now he's like <laughs> it's a, like it's some kind of Britney Spears esque conservatorship, and there's nothing he can do. All oh, the that, I look forward to that if that yeah. happens, that'd be good because. Josh would go willingly as well, wouldn't he? Yeah. But he did say, you know, I, I don't even want regular payments. Just pay me back as and when you're making money back from the grid or whatever, it, however it works. Mm. So I don't. it didn't sound like there would be a contract. It did seem plausible that he's not, you know, he's not trying to make a financial gain. It's as much about giving himself license to have, like you're saying, access to Josh access to mm. um you know a say around the place he's bought soft power hasn't he especially with ben and beth now hooking up as well yeah so he he might not even he might not even thought it out this clearly himself like he might think he's doing a good thing but like um who's a good example philip and rob like if you consult philip and rob they both they both have solid defenses for their behavior that they probably to some extent believe maybe you know like Philip, Philip genuinely believes believed to a certain extent that he was, you know, um, he was doing some good for those boys, um, you know. Uh, but so it's similar. Vince, um, Vince thinks he's doing a good thing, but he's so used to emotion, you know, using his money to control people emotionally. Yeah, I think his love for Elizabeth is true. Yeah, and and ironically, the more he loves her, the less I love her. <laughs> I find their relationship quite awkward. The way that she treats him, she's quite patronising towards him. It's interesting that he didn't know what to get her for her birthday, though. And David's suggestions were terrible, weren't they? Yeah, a book, <laughs> a book of token. Even <laughs> I reckon a nice trip away. Wouldn't you like to be whisked away to I don't know 
Venice or something. Surely that's the benefit of having 40 grand to burn at a moment's notice. Is even mm. if you don't have an imagination, you can just go, you know, uh, hello, travel agent. Yes, it's me. <laughs> yeah, I need another yeah. hole to be dug out of. Another slurry pit to be dug out of. Well, that would be a memorable gift, wouldn't it? I mean, jewellery is okay. But a book as a memorable gift. I don't know. You could get a first edition of something romantic, I suppose. But I'd far rather be taken away somewhere. Especially at the moment. You could buy a vintage copy, first editions of the books I'm looking at on my bookshelf right now. I've got A Taste of Cider and The Virtues of Cider Making. <laughs> Perfect. Hmm. <laughs> the jury's out then, isn't it, on whether Vince is a wrong un or not? Peter wants him to be slightly... Uh, this is slightly a power grab because you, you were in charge of the Twitter account this week when you put out... Buy, all, buy them all out, Vince, or something to that effect, wasn't it? What I would love is I want him to be a kind of Matt Crawford figure, someone who mm. is not bad, but is, well, Matt Crawford could be quite bad, but he's not <laughs> simplistic, he's, he's not one-dimensionally bad, you know. Those are the characters that are the most fun, aren't they? Like Jazza, mm. Jazza treads that line. He's morally, you know, like he would treat Tracy like shit um, over the, trying, you know, trying to get, get her to have sex at work. That was a really sleazy move, and I really didn't like it. Like, if it's anyone but Jazza, it, and it obviously was, it wasn't fictional, I would think I would be quite upset about it. But, you know, if you view him in the round, um, he's obviously a good guy. That's what I want. I want to kind of, like, you know, a, a proper human being, um, which I know is, is seems like a big ask for the Archers. But but Jazza didn't really paint himself in glory this week either, did he, in regards to Tracy? Yeah, give up on your ambition, love. Yeah, all she wants is perhaps to be a duty manager at a hotel somewhere a little bit further away. And he was properly clamping down on that idea, wasn't he? Do you think it was motivated by fear of his own sort of slightly um, parlous state? Mm, I, well, the I, what was it he said to her? Uh, well, it's right on your doorstep. He was really pointing out all the convenient side of it. You do love working here. It's right near. How are you going to look after your dad? I think it. all his um, reasons sounded as if they made a sense. But it, I think it was all more about him, as you say. You think he'd be happy for her to get out of there because he's clearly has his nose put out of joint by... Mm. Adil Shah as well because he kept he kept doing this whiny impression voice which essentially was it was like one of our impressions it was just Jazz's <laughs> voice slightly higher register <laughs> yeah he doesn't like her getting any attention from others does he much oh no please I, I mean I, I just they have to let us have some nice things please don't let Jazza become some kind of control freak now he's in a long-term mm. relationship I mean, it doesn't seem true to his character, but... Is it because, is it to do with his financial insecurity as well? That's what I was thinking. I yeah. was thinking, I, I wasn't thinking he was trying to control her like some kind of, you know, horrible, um, you know, monster, but more that he's just feeling very nervous about where their money's coming from. They've had a couple of near misses with Tracy nearly being fired, with him obviously nearly losing his job. And so the last thing he wants is to is to be sort of having to cover two households or 1.25 households. I, I do have this sinking feeling that we're going to get a cost of living crisis story and it's going to be these two. Oh, yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
and then you know emotions and temper has become frayed as a result of that all, all i hope i mean we're just lucky in the fact that we've got someone on hand in gym to get him to wind his neck in if that starts happening i was thinking if our deal shah is going to perhaps purchase gray gables because uh, we don't really quite yet know what he's here for um and he did say to tracy oh i bet oliver wishes he had lots of tracys and i do like a person who takes real pride in their work or whatever he said that if he buys gray gables he may well um promote tracy to duty manager there or something it did seem fairly sincere didn't it his praise of her so i didn't really suspect him of any um ulterior motivations and also mm. he's um he hasn't he's not a very complex character at the moment isn't he he's in full introduction mode so he's just marching around just kind of like saying obvious stuff and giving you kind of very broad brush brush stroke feel but mm. i my 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 initial fear was that um she was going to be she's definitely going to lose her job he's not there to buy gray gables as a hotel he's you know so yes he's sincere in his praise but actually he's actually a property speculator who's going to turn the whole thing into luxury accommodation or something and this is why oliver's been wrestling so much with the decision he's not he's not worrying about stewardship of a hotel he's actually mm. abandoning the whole of caroline's business and um and so you know we can have both can be true a deal can think she's amazing and she's going to lose her job and then, okay. of course, you're going to have the extra stress of her saying to Jazza, well, I've lost a three, four week march on this. If that is the case, though, with the converting it into something that isn't a hotel, why is he showing quite so much interest in all the posh restaurants around about the place? As if because, you know, I think most of us are thinking, oh, that's because he's sussing out the competition. That's a very, very good point. But, you know. We're seeing it as him going into that room to have a meal and suss out how people, how the staff are performing, and we're being sold that because of how he's talking to Tracy. But he could also just be doing a. It's a nice way of doing a recce of the whole place. You know, he needs to see all the rooms. He needs to see the whole thing. Or maybe he's maybe he's turning it into a spa. I mean, maybe he's just. It could just be he's changing the business fundamentally and doesn't need the existing staff or something. I don't know. I'm I'm probably wrong, Terry. I'm never right. <laughs> but he's showing an interest in the orangery and Les Cerceres and all the places around about that are sort of possibly in competition with Grey Gables. Yeah, yeah and I, I, I think you're, I think you're a hundred percent right. I just, I just was, it was more. It could still be nonsense, though, couldn't it? <laughs> there's, there's somewhere, there's somewhere between what I said and what you and your very mm. reasonable comments, which is he could be taking over the business and doesn't need, no matter how much he respects Tracy, doesn't need her. Mm. I liked that he riled Ian though in the kitchen. <laughs> he 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 because he, he was obviously poking his nose in about where they're sourcing everything from, and Ian shouted at Yaz in the kitchen. So Matthew, um, you're you're in your you're in the kitchen. You're chucking a forcing a mouthful of free scallops into your face, and all of a sudden, a man busybodies into your into your workspace. What's the etiquette? Uh, if you found out that the owner had sort of given them free reign, how are you feeling? Is Ian right to be cross? Give us the inside track. Oh, I think it's absolutely acceptable, yeah. I mean, annoying things happen, like front of house will let in a, a really annoying rep who will come in and start trying to talk to you right in the middle of service. I think in this case, he was coming in just to ask about how everything is sourced, mm. which is a bit odd. As you say, like, what's his interest in it? No, I've, I've seen it plenty of times 
where people are just given either given very short shrift or, to, or told to leave the kitchen because now is not the time. Leave a business card and mm. bugger off. Um, also, what is the strange uh, overuse of the expression balled out? Freddie used it this week and last week. Last week he said Ian was in a... Um, Oliver had been in a funny mood because he balled Ian out. And then this week he said Ian balled Yaz out. Mm. I'm... Did you have a clever Yaz joke coming, Kerry? And then Peter walked or Peter walked all over it, didn't he? Yeah, I did. Peter interrupted it. Yeah, thanks, thanks, Matthew. At least you you realised it was coming. I mean, it was really obvious what I was going to say. Did I at least interrupt you to say something interesting? I can't remember. It was about my insight into the kitchen situation. Oh, okay. I, Matt, come on, Kerry. I was I was bringing in our, our resident kitchen expert. I had to. I love that Matthew could see see his sign posted. There, that's so funny. Yeah, because you know I was literally pondering: yeah. can I be bothered to make a Yaz joke? And yeah. Like, no, I'm just going to drink this cider and stare <laughs> stare at some ducklings in the river. <laughs> but no, I was going to say I did wonder what she'd been doing since the only way is up, <laughs> uh, and she's actually a teacher in Spain. So <laughs> I looked yeah. it up. Did you hear last week, Kerry, talking of um, shit jokes from you? Um, did you hear last week that I pulled one out for you? I, I did a little geriatric cricket just to. I know, um, yeah. Trying to make just trying to raise your spirits while you were ill. Thank you, and it made me laugh. What does Yaz teach? It, it didn't say. It just said she is a teacher in Spain. <laughs> okay, I, I'm going to try and make it my business to come up with a Yaz teaching joke by the end of the pod. But can't promise anything. Okay. For some reason, I I don't I don't know why, but my brain can't accept. Um, uh, so you you've got Yaz, and then who is the band with Alison Moyet and Vince Clark? Yazoo. Yazoo. Thank you very much. Yeah, who very confusingly in the US were called Yaz. Yeah, th- that's it precisely. And I think that's why I might have lived in the states at that time. I have always been slightly annoyed with Yaz for not being a zoo like I, I loved you zoo. I love Vince Clark loved Depeche mm. Mode loved Erasure all of that so uh, I just I, I've got this kind of um sort of feral instinctual detestation of Yaz also the video was shit but uh yeah <laughs> my confusion came because in about season two or three of the Americans uh the new Yazoo album is out and it features really heavily in one of the episodes but they keep referring to them as Yaz all the way through it. And that's how I discovered that they didn't have the same name oh. across the pond. I wonder why they did that then. It's the same with David. Too many noughts on the end. <laughs> Good one, Matthew. Very nicely done. I uh, like it. Kerry, you, um, you haven't seen the Americans, have you? No. Oh, God, it's good. I mean, I'm not one of these people who likes to recommend stuff, but I mean, you know, it's as close as I'll come. It's, yeah. it's really good. I've just started watching Bridgerton, which... Uh, oh, is, you is horny it? old mare. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Mimi are watching it together. And today, oh, dirty, after the, dirty, after the podcast, we're going to have a binge fest of Bridgerton. Show the courage of your convictions and put Pornhub on. Nice mother, daughter, viewing <laughs> <laughs> experience. Kerry forced Pornhub to tank last week, as we mentioned on oh, the yeah. podcast. Maybe yeah. to bring its share price back up. <laughs> yeah, is it doing quite healthily now? Your neighbours know what your house is like. I mean, that's uh, of ill repute. Bridgerton, good to God. Um, mm. I'm actually uh, this. This um, probably doesn't come across on the podcast, or actually at all in general. I'm incredibly prudish. I leave the room when there's any nudity on the TV. Charlotte will be sat there on her own. 
I'll go through to the kitchen. Oh, don't be silly. No, I'm sorry. Not 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 like in dramatic. Not like um, not like uh, if it's like a I don't know, you know, like a shower scene or something. But like mm. Bridgerton or um that show where they all get they 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 all um they, like the dating show where they get their their bits out. Oh, I mean that's just wrong, isn't it? Naked attraction. Do you leave the room because you get a little pajama teepee? <laughs> Very little pajama teepee, unfortunately, Matthew. Um, <laughs> I uh... <laughs> for me, it was uh, t- Tony Basil was my first summoner of that in the Hey Mickey video. Oh my god! Poor little Matthew, desperately trying, desperately hoping his parents don't notice the, um, the 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 massive wigwam that suddenly sprung up in the middle of the living room. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't think it was. Uh... I don't think it. I had no real concept that it was meant to be hidden at the time. So, yeah. <laughs> you just proudly strutted around the the, the hearth rug. <laughs> let, let what Tony's done to me. <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be exactly how Peter was watching West Ham last night. I feel. Oh, oh, what happened yeah. in that? I didn't know. They won three nil and then Ooh. started singing. Then started singing au revoir to the Leon fans who got very annoyed. <laughs> oh, it spares Brighton tomorrow anyway very weird times to be with them one thing about the vince stuff which i meant to ask about is you know elizabeth said quite poignantly to vince um it's wonderful freddie will learn what he needs to from you mental and i thought oh shit <laughs> he, he is learning how to be a wheeler dealer his two father figures is some kind of eccentric dickhead who sort of flounces around the place like Morrissey with a, you know, bunch of flowers. Um, that's how I picture Nigel. And then, and then now he's got Arthur Daly slash Lovejoy as his father figure. And also just incredibly, I mean, sorry to break this to Elizabeth, but if your son doesn't have, hasn't been sort of like successfully parented and he's been to jail um, by the age of 21, it's probably a little bit too late to patch the cracks, especially with, um, you know, Vince. And she was basing, she was, her concerns about whether Fweddy will be able to take on Lower Loxley because he doesn't really get the scale of it. Her concerns are based on the fact that he is trying to do an egg rolling competition whilst also trying to make a spreadsheet about DJing. You've just done something very clever, Kerry, which is by saying it all out loud, factually, with very few adjectives, it shows just how bananas the plot is. <laughs> mm. Yeah, and pancake pancakes for an Easter celebration to choose your own filling. I'm just like, what? And Adil Shah was like, oh, I always like, what was it Tracy said? You'd be interested in that. He's always interested in the finest of foods. It's like, what a pancake tossing composition in the orange room. <laughs> I, I did like when he called Freddy the Eggman and uh, <laughs> he got really shitty about it, didn't he? He went, I'll show him. I'll show him by having an event based entirely around eggs. <laughs> I mean, Freddy's such a weird character, isn't he? That whole thing with the clue that he found really difficult about the... Um, yeah, were you not uh, shouting bandstand at yeah, the radio? immediately, obviously, yeah. Uh, it was. I thought that one was really hard. He's like something from... I don't know, Bertie Wooster, isn't he, somehow? Like an yeah, he's idiot. A, he's, he's a twit, isn't he? Well, I think we touched upon it last week, you know, the inconsistency. On the one hand, he's got the humility to take a, you know, a fairly menial job. But on the other hand, this bizarre sort of inherited ego. 
and all of that, like chasing the Easter bunny because it's been all over social media and had 400 likes or shares. And he needs just that amount of publicity for his egg rolling. I, I just sort of start scratching at my eyeballs when things yes. like this are happening. And you're, you're, you're forgetting live streaming chickens. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't go anywhere near this bloody event, would you? No, of course not. Quite a long time ago, Kerry, you predicted egg mayhem as a result of <laughs> Josh giving everyone at um, mm. Steph and Liam Case's wedding salmonella or listeria. Mm. I mean, there, could there be egg mayhem later in the week? I mean, you had that theory that was it, which one of you two was on Twitter saying Josh is going to forget to hard boil the eggs? Yeah, that wasn't me. But someone in one of the side shed threads said, oh, you know, wouldn't it be hilarious <laughs> If he doesn't boil the eggs like he promised to. Well, you would know, Kerry, or your mum, rather. I know. <laughs> the reverse. Yeah. Do you know about this, Peter? You do, don't you? Yeah, I do, yeah. It's, uh, I, I tried to get my... I tried to think mm. what could possibly happen. My dad's theory is um, his his actual words were, that's someone having a laugh. It's, <laughs> it's, it's a very niche laugh, isn't it? We need to explain what happened. Kerry's mum goes to the shops, Kerry, and she buys... Oh, just a box of eggs from the supermarket, normal eggs. Started making brunch at home with the eggs and found one of them quite hard to open. Sort of, so you then got a knife to sort of biff it on the side because she couldn't crack it on the... And lo and behold, the egg was hard boiled. She thought, that's weird. Got Pulled another egg out of the box. Same thing happened, another hard boiled egg. <laughs> In her box of eggs from Sainsbury's, who didn't do anything about it, by the way. Thank you on Twitter. Um, they, In the end, they said they would uh, give her, send her a voucher to for the cost of the box of eggs. And they didn't even do that. That always irritates me. Like, it's not the, it, I'm not getting in touch because of the cost of the eggs, you wankers. Exactly. It's like, how has this occurred? I don't know whether it was like a Sainsbury's staff person was it did it happen at the egg place someone laughed at me on twitter for calling it the egg place <laughs> me driving to big sainsbury's and not having a key ingredient is uh, if i can afford to go to big sainsbury's um is worth more than the pack of the eggs pack of eggs yeah i, I do think it's quite funny obviously we were laughing about the fact that it had happened she couldn't quite believe her eyes bless her like she's all on her own in a kitchen like thinking have i lost my mind <laughs> hundred years ago, she would have thought it was a sign for Jesus. Yes. A couple of hundred years ago, she would have been um, getting the local church round, found some kind of, um, you know, mm. uh, stigmata on the shell or something. And it wasn't even, it wasn't on April Fool's. It was before April Fool's as well. It's like two weeks before. There's a scene in the original Poltergeist where the eggs start to pop out of the carton and cook on the worktop, isn't there? <laughs> I think that always smacked me if they, they, they had a very low budget. How can we do what, what can we do on 50 quid? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and again, you know, you do want a poltergeist who is like probably a former, former like brunch or breakfast short order cook. Right. Do you know what I'm really <laughs> going to do here? to fuck you up? I'm going to cook these eggs nicely as well. Like a griddle. I do wonder how many other people who shopped at Sainsbury's in New Haven got the same phenomenon in their kitchens when they open their egg boxes that i did ask on our insta and our facebook and i gotta say a round total of zero have experienced mm. the same thing as you all right well this is this is yeah. um 
Well, anyway, that's the X Files component of uh, the Cider Shed complete. Um, the X Files. Come on. Oh, Peter. It's right there, Peter. Oh, Peter. <laughs> right, come. Okay, you guys finish the pod. I'm going to go to the punishment room and uh, think about what I've done. It was like West Ham for that fourth goal last night. He was right in front of it and he hit the post. Oh, West oh, Ham and eggs. Oh. oh. <laughs> I've got a pyjama teepee. I've got a Tony. <laughs> You've got, I've got a Tony Award. And we're not talking about Tony Archer either. No, God, no. <laughs> that, that, that results in a miniature train. Uh, yeah. Anyway, talking about love, it's sort of love, isn't it? Matthew's a complex man. It takes more than just, you know, the aesthetics to get him going. We, and, we... To- and Tony Basil. Tony Basil was an older woman, or still is. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I can't believe she's also in, she's one of the hookers in Easy Rider, that Dennis Hopper and... Is um, she? It's Karen Black and Tony Basil. Yeah. Oh. They, Basil. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, sugar mummies, discuss. I said last week, didn't I, Matthew, that I was a, a would be offended by a sort of rent boy plot. Is this equivalent to rent boying? Is the question like, um, is Ben right to be offended? Am I right to be offended? Uh, I, I didn't find it in any way offensive at all if that's even what you're asking um you know this goes on and i think you know if that older woman wants a companion and wants to give them money and the person taking the money is into it and nothing bad is happening i don't see a problem with it really our listenership between the ages of 16 and 24 just jumped enormously <laughs> I mean, it, you know, the next question is, is it just a companionship where he goes to dinner or are they having sex or not? You know, where, is he lying about that? I'm not sure it really matters, does it? I'm just curious as to whether he is doing that or not. I would have to say, conversationally, Roar is not the best company right now, is he? He's a bit of a dickhead at the moment. No, he's deteriorated. Apart from being told, why is Rory so attractive? Um, because it's always, you know, he's always got a boyfriend or a girlfriend. He's always finds it very easy to charm people. And yet he has evolved into an absolutely charmless character. The way he talks to Beth, um, you know, the scenes between him and Beth were almost unlistenable for me. But anyway, uh, yeah, like to your point, Matthew, I just, what? So he turns up and this woman's so, so infatuated with him that she's lavishing this much cash on him. It's definitely inflating his ego as well, isn't it? I think, mm. um, yeah, maybe she's she's smitten. But I did look up to see if there was such a cryptocurrency as MILF coin, um, but it's <laughs> there is, but it I think it's a parody. <laughs> I did like um, Finton the Wrong on Twitter. He said, "I'm relieved Rory is an old-fashioned gigolo. Imagine if we had to sit through an episode of him." trying to explain NFTs or something to Jenny and Brian. <laughs> yeah, and Brian will get it, won't he? He'll be fine with it. Yeah, this arrangement, he will, won't he? Yeah, Jenny might have a, uh, a few con- uh, conniptions about it, but I mm. think Brian's down. Why do you think it was a woman, not a man, that is his sugar person? Mm. Because, I th- I mean, it's. do you think that they, they want to... I mean, one reinforce the fact he's bisexual, not um, mm. gay. Okay, having you know said he's bisexual, 
they they're going back to a they're going for a you know relationship with a woman because he's just had you know Troy was his last advertised relationship mm. or do you think it's because um they want to avoid potential trick you know like stormy waters with kind of like you know uh, some of the unpleasant homophobia that sort of swirls around and it keeps things simpler to have him having a relationship with a woman we can concentrate on yeah. uh, the sugar nature of it the sugar person nature of it yeah poss- possibly that and i think also um generally speaking if you think of a sugar whatever you tend to think of sugar daddy don't you so this is quite an interesting ter- twist on that it's more useful for the kind of general conversation isn't it because it, it mm. otherwise it's otherwise the story is um uh about the sexuality whereas actually the story is about uh, women and young women and young men uh, mm. finding themselves in this situation i'm now wondering about sugar mice are they some sort of sexual thing as well? Have you had breakfast? I haven't had breakfast, so I could I could go for a couple of sugar mice. <laughs> yeah, so there was that sort of strange angle, wasn't there? And then there was the I love you scene at Supercar Day. I mean, Supercar Day episode was insane, wasn't it? Don't make us talk about the Supercar Day. Jesus Christ, that was on Tuesday. All I wrote was supercar episode. Ben lies on film to Rory. Then I love you. I couldn't be asked to write anything else. I, I wrote, we're going sideways in big letters. <laughs> and I don't know if that was just a general opinion of archers listening in the round or the a quote from the episode now. I think that was Jill, wasn't it? Yeah, I did actually laugh when she was in the car. Um, not... I think it was just, I could imagine her being thrown around the track, this sort of old (laughs) crone in the back of a car. I was laughing more at that, really, than that it was a comical uh, storyline somehow. Just I had the vision of an ancient Jill in the back of a supercar, which made me piss my pants. (laughs) It's it's never fun when a sitcom or a soap opera leaves its situation, is it? you want it to stay where, it, mm. where it's rooted you know i never like having to adjust to a new scenario it was quite clumsy the whole thing about you know ben shitting himself and pretending he wasn't <laughs> shitting himself and then pretending he was great on the film and beth having to sort of go we're not supposed to lie about anything we're supposed to be oh my god that scene oh yeah, very, very badly written, I thought, the whole thing. Just to lead to the point where they said, I love you at the same time. She's so naively, um, pompously moral. Like, you know, it's like white lies, white, you know, the, the white lies are fine. They're absolutely fine. You don't always need, like, even you, Kerry, the ultimate truth teller. Like, you know, you know, you know when to turn off the tap. Like, you know, there's a, there's a, it's not, there's nothing. There's mm. nothing wrong. With, there's nothing wrong with sparing someone's feelings when there's no, you know, genuine uh, malice involved. Yeah. Kerry's yeah. Kerry's got nothing to fill her Sunday afternoon. She calls her mum up and goes, "Look, boil a bunch of eggs, crack them, and I'm going to create this story to see if it goes viral." <laughs> yes, I've got so much time on my hands to do that. Um, yeah, you're right, aren't you? Because Ben was just sort of saying on film to Rory, who'd bought the gift, oh, I've had a great time. It's been this, that and the other, which is sort of what you'd do, isn't it? You'd make out that that gift you gave me was great. Sorry, Rory. I uh, um, Because of my 
stupid and naive and immature girlfriend i've got to tell you it's all gone a bit shit to be honest and your money's been wasted because i um crap myself so yes sorry about that his uh his flappy paddle gearbox gave way (laughs) all over the floor yeah all of that was um intercut with i think beth talking to jill where she was pretty much planting the seeds of doubt about the source of rory's income wasn't she she was saying, well, he must be one hell of a trader if yeah. he's buying all of this stuff. And then one of them said something like, well, shouldn't he be spending money on books? Mm, Jill said that, yeah. Uh, it's, yes, she was She was already on to him in that respect. And yet again, there was that line where um, Rory said to Ben, whatever you do, do not tell anybody about this. Oh, God. Which in soap world just means he's going to tell at least one person about this very soon. <laughs> he's not allowed to have any li- He's not allowed to have any secrets from Beth. He's not allowed to lie to her. So when she when she brings up the conversation about money, uh, Rory's money, he's now caught in the eternal, you know, who does he betray? Mm. His best friend or the love of his life? Did you think, oh, Matthew, I, I was meaning to say, there was one episode that began with Elizabeth sounding just like one of your language tape. Oh, yeah, well, she does feature quite heavily. Her and David are yeah. often having a little back and forth. It was when she was on the phone to Vince. This is yeah. when Vince was getting his road rage at the person yeah. in front of him. Yeah. She was pure English as a foreign language at that point. Yes, yeah, yeah. What what was going on there? Is was Vince just lying about his schedule because he was driving around trying to find a present for her? Is that what yeah, I think so. Suppose? Okay, all right. And he ended up at David's anyway, didn't he? To sort of yeah. yeah, ask about the gift and give the forty grand. Yeah, but also maybe it's selling, it's selling very subtly the uh, you know the sort of the fact that you've got backwards and forwards. You've got um, Beth, the daughter. Uh, insisting on um, truth at all times and you've got Vince kind of operating in the grey areas sort of mm. you know making the rules up as he goes along um, yeah. well guys we've um, we've had uh, I don't think I can take much more um, talk about the Archers for one week it's been an extraordinary extraordinary um, extraordinarily um, awkward five days for me um, the supercars <laughs> lots of Beth um the uh, the risk the risk to tracing jazz's livelihoods um no alice and chris though hooray <laughs> good point very very good point kerry so yes you're right glass half full um mm. also no pip um so yes i should, I should maybe we should talk for another 45 minutes <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's not my Ocado delivery is due any minute uh yeah so this <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, is peter <laughs> precisely uh, uh, come on kerry give us the give us the, give us the highlights oh i've got some uh lots of bunches of daffodils um some lamb for the easter weekend of course um, oh okay actually some people on twitter were saying that you know that lambing lesson that scene where they were sort of shoving their hand up and everything that wouldn't happen apparently and you wouldn't have gloves on and all you know people were criticizing mm. that anyway yeah i'm having some lamb <laughs> delivered um ingredients to make cakes for easter that mimi and i are going to make together loads of booze um yeah, sort yeah, of Easter weekend loveliness. You're off to Scotland, aren't you, Peter? I am off to Scotland. I'm off to see my lovely family um, up there. Um, make sure, you know, try and start work on getting a passport when um, independence happens. 
Um, so sorry, Kerry. Who is? Uh, what was the? Who? Uh, where would people go? Um, what was the address on Twitter so people can get in the uh, threads and um, and join you in Lamb Chat? Yeah, come find us at the Cider Shed Pod, where everything is goodly funny. And Matthew, if people want to see um, pictures of you kind of wistfully strolling down country lanes, uh, where will they find all that stuff? Well, they can go to Instagram, which is the same as Twitter, at the Cider Shed Pod. I did post up, um, as well as my, my rambles, I posted up the photos of those books yesterday and a recipe for merry orchard pheasant with force meat balls and apple cider fritters <laughs> um yeah. did we post a picture of tony basil so so that we can everyone can channel there little matthew no not little absolutely. matthew <laughs> little matthew <laughs> yeah absolutely um so that's where we are on instagram uh, we've been highlighting the re- the nice reviews that we get so obviously if you go to itunes write a nice five-star review we've been putting a little template up to show the best of those and we had some nice comments on the most recent post i haven't been on the road a bit guys so i haven't been able to do everything but amy clark deborah got in touch to say um oscar for the best archers pod goes to the cider shed and Ooh. T and Fee said, happy first birthday to my favourite podcast. Would have given up on the archers in recent times if it wasn't for you guys. Oh, yeah. Happy birthday, lads. Yeah, yeah, I know. We kind of missed that. Yeah, that's a very good point. Yeah, yeah. And and actually, uh, um, Matthew's within slapping distance of us, Kerry. Um, You know, talking of Oscars, he's, uh, you know, if he did want to (laughs) play one on us, we're not too far away. I'd slap Um, you like a slapper bag of soil in a garden center <laughs> how's your english easter looking matthew well i'm going down to bristol this afternoon mm-hmm. uh going out for a few pints in bristol and f- actually flying back tomorrow afternoon to ah. porto so i'll be back back in time for sunday um mm. before i forget we also have an ever-growing facebook group which is called the cider shed podcast so come and find us there people keep popping up and um, like I said, I will I will get back on it with topics and subjects this week. I've just been a little bit busy this week. Oh, <laughs> Ooh, dead air. <laughs> no, no, that was it. That's, uh, d- yeah, uh, sentences at a premium. Just too busy to talk. <laughs> oh, I'm glad you've had a good time though, Matthew. Over yeah, in this been... sh- shitty country. <laughs> Yeah, it's been nice. It, I found that after about four days of proper cider drinking, I did have to pop a Rennie yesterday. It's, it's been a, it's been a while been, that I've been on the acidic apple. Mm, you be careful. We're not as young as we used to be, Matthew. Yeah, I know. Yeah, so happy Easter, everybody. Exactly. Yeah, happy uh, happy Lammas, as it uh, should be known. Mm, yeah. See you next week. Have fun. See you. Bye. Hang on.